Listen to me! Listen to you by what right? By divine right, if you must. I'm your king. No, you're not. You told me so yourself. You said you didn't want it. Why should I waste my time listening because to you? Because I have a right to oh, be, and I have a voice! Yes, you do. Reds. Ready. Ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Do we need to I'm do the ready. weird BBC radio announcer thing like he was doing with the and like putting his hands in? Do we need ether? Should we screw? Because that's actually what oh, they used to do to clear the throat. That's yeah. That's they'd, not good. they'd spray ether. To, yeah. Ew. At least that's what my dad told me. I don't know. My dad likes to. <laughs> my dad likes to tell me things like during the movie, like this is what's a dad. I get it. <laughs> What? National National Treasure was so annoying. I swear, oh, he's gonna get the fingerprints up, Dad. <laughs> welcome everybody to Hello Internet Dwellers, and welcome to the really? Oscar. Really? Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna fumble it. No. No. Keep it in. No. Keep it okay. in. Okay. We're gonna keep going. Okay. Hi everybody. Hello. Welcome back to another Top Shelf Oscars Best Picture. We did. King's Speech today, which is the 2010 film that won at the 2011 ceremony. Yes. There. That's how yeah. I like doing it. Yeah. It's like, it the movie the, came out in 2010, to... but it won for 2011's yes. ceremony. Yes. That's how it works. So. So we're sitting here on this gorgeous September Sunday morning yeah. where it's going to be like a high of 88. Yeah. Thanks, Wisconsin. Awesome. So happy, yeah. Happy fall. Happy fall, I guess. Happy so fall. So we're back. I'm not going to make any promises about, oh, our schedule gets better and blah, blah, blah. If we get one out a month, I think that's, yeah. that's going to be best. Yeah. We are... We're going to We're going to try. We're going to try. try. We're changing up our recording schedule and format a little bit. Yeah, and... so like, yeah, we're we're setting it up different kind of, a little bit differently so that you can actually help us to interact with the show a little bit more Correct. if you would like. Um, we, we usually record these episodes on a different day than when we actually watch the movie. Sometimes we just do it on the same, everything on one day. We, so we have been doing everything so on one also, day. Also, um, if you haven't noticed, uh, we changed the schedule up a little bit. So as opposed to the episode coming out on Mondays, uh, we're moving it uh, back to our forward to Fridays. Instead, just to give, because Jeff and TC's podcast is... <laughs> If you haven't gotten a chance, you should really listen to it. It's super entertaining. But also um, listen to us. The uh, <laughs> Top Shelf's Disney Disney podcast, doing really well. They usually would take off the first time of the week, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday sort of thing. So we decided so that nobody gets lost in the shuffle or anything like that. Shh, Gigi! <laughs> Hi, Gigi. Ah, so that she was uh, nobody. Sleeping until she knew we were oh, podcasting. So that way, like, if nobody gets lost in anything, we moved ours towards the weekends. Yeah. It all, it all checks out. So. So let's talk about the 2011 Oscars and the Best Picture winner for that year, King's Speech. Because this is a very interesting year for the Oscars. So it let's is. talk it's about very... King's Speech first. So. This is only the second time I've watched the movie all the way through. Yeah. I also didn't watch it for. Two years after it won? Yeah. I took a long time to watch this movie. So, the basic premise of this film is King George VI has a speech impediment. 
and it's basically him over when he becomes rise to power him overcoming that uh those difficulties the, yes his journey to overcome his speech impediment mm-hmm. from being the duke of york to his brother having to abdicate because of a scandal and mm-hmm. then well their dad dying and then his yeah. brother becoming king and getting embroiled in a This scandal. is all history, so I don't yes. really consider this spoiler territory. No, it's not. So. Also, it came out seven years ago. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it was on Netflix for a long time. If you haven't seen it. It is not streaming anywhere as of right it now. It is not. We, so. have the, we have a copy of the film, so we were able to watch it. Okay. So. But uh, starring Colin Firth, Jeffrey Rush. Helena Bonham Carter, mm-hmm. Guy Pierce, yes. Michael Gambon. Uh, is that everybody? I think so. I think it's everybody. So, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yes, I'm looking, I'm scrolling through the people right now, and yes. Then lots of British actors yeah. that we know. So, first thing I really want to say is like, we got to give it up for Colin Firth. Yes, you have to give it up for Colin Firth. He, like, so he won the Oscar for. Best actor. Yes. Oh, and he completely. Timothy Spall is also Timothy in this movie, Spall, who is one of my favorite I think British I made character a, actors. I think I made a note for that. So it's like he completely deserves. Not Timothy Spall, Colin Firth. Sorry, Colin Firth. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Colin Firth completely deserves. Yes. Everything. So, in that movie, because. Oh. You also have to give it up for Tom Hooper as director. Yeah. Tom Hooper, who correct me if I'm wrong. Also did Theory of Everything. Pretty sure. I'm not... I'm not 100% I'm not 100% sure because it was either... I'm not 100% on that. But, um, I just... I always think of that... He did Theory of Everything or he did... No, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I was thinking of another Eddie Redmayne film. Oh, okay. He did The Danish Girl. Oh, okay. Oh, damn. And he directed The Miz. That's right. That makes sense. Sorry. My bad. So, I think what it is, like... I always think of that first scene when he's about to give a speech at, I believe it's like a tournament or something like that. It's at Wembley. Yeah. The very beginning of the film. And he gets up at the mic. It's a very tight shot. So you almost get that claustrophobic feel of him speaking and he just can't get anything out. It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And I feel like... Hooper does a very good job in this film of um, knowing when to make you feel uncomfortable and then kind of when to ease all of that tension and everything. Yeah, see, and you had pointed out that he does that by when, a bit. when Colin Firth is very, when King George is, or Bertie, as we'll call Birdie. him from the film, um, when he's very uncomfortable, it's a very tight shot and then when he's more comfortable and more relaxed it's a wider shot mm-hmm. so like lots of the shots of him with Logue is mm-hmm. Lionel Lionel yeah. Dr. Yeah. Logue his last name's Logue um, are very wide mm-hmm. shots I'm doing lots of hand motions yeah, yeah this audio is, this podcast is perfect for audio, podcast. audio podcast would have been great for the artist episode this is like um, my like 120th episode of a podcast and, technically and, and I still still, still doing movie. hands Yes. Um, yeah, which just, it just plays with that so well. And just, to, you, you, you feel it in the room. And I think that's the part of the secret of, of this movie that works so well. 
Um, just and every especially there's like I think of the marble scene in the beginning of the film yes. as well. And when, yeah, all the stuff with all the other doctors. Yeah, trying to like, help them. And I'm gonna bring something up that's interesting. And yes, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but Lionel is not a doctor. Yeah. Um, He's a it, guy it never, who helped shell shocked and that's the World thing. War One veterans. Yeah, and that's be able to speak and again. This is there's this is actually what I really enjoyed about this movie because it's important because it's not only highlighting the people who are struggling with um, speech, speech, impediments. speech impediments. You're also dealing with people who are shell shocked and what was then what you would call almost now PTSD. Yes, and yeah. um. Yeah, just well, that's... PTSD and shell shock, I think, are kind of the same thing. Yes, but they would treat it as shell shock. Yes, and... I mean, I think shell shock is a real thing because yeah, yeah, but okay. but the yeah. fact that not like, the point, but the fact that it's just like, hey, you're really good at you know, he, he's done studies and stuff, but he doesn't consider himself a doctor. He's not licensed as a he's doctor. Not he has no to... letters after his name, as he says in the movie. Yeah, but the fact that he was able to treat people with just trouble speaking yeah. and being able to be being able to find their own voice yes which, which is, is a, kind of the theme of this which film. is the, the theme of this film absolutely my random talking points for this film include <laughs> i like helena bonham carter i know she's not always everyone's cup of tea yeah but i feel like <sighs> but i like her most of the time it's not feel... like oh i like her in this movie i like her a lot, usually. I think it's... Except for Alice in Wonderland. I but think I it's them. what she's in. People well, don't like her. You know, she was domestic partners with Tim Burton for a really long time. I don't believe they were married. And I believe they're separated now. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if she was in every Tim Burton-related thing ever. Mm-hmm. And Tim Burton, you know, great director, very creative man. But let's all agree that for the last push in a decade... He hasn't done anything. A lot of his movies have been okay, very. Okay, Frank and Weenie. Frank yeah. and Weenie's a good movie. I haven't seen Big Eyes, but no, we didn't see Big Eyes. But well, and Big Fish is good. Big Fish is good. But all the Alice in Wonderland movie, and I understand he yeah. went for, and this is completely off topic from what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I understand, you know, he wanted. It's the same thing with Johnny Depp. He wanted to do movies his kids could see. Yeah. But that's not. I personally don't feel it's his wheelhouse. No. And rant. Yeah. <laughs> but I like Helena Bonham Carter as an no, actress. She's gr- she, uh, she was nominated for this She film was. She was nominated for, this for Best Supporting Actress. She didn't she, win. She did she not nominated. win. But, God, she's... Like, you get that comforting, nurturing mm-hmm. um, character kind of figure from her character in yes. this film. It's so good. I don't like Dumbledore yelling at Mark Darcy. <laughs> that was the other part. <laughs> So I've see, obviously seen Bridget Jones' Diary yeah. and obviously the Harry Potter yeah. film. So I like Which, to just make random. It was, well, it was also a comment. It was also really fun because we saw the recent King's Speech. Yeah, or no Kingsman. Kingsman. We saw movie. Kingsman: The Golden Circle last it's night. Like, yeah. Uh, Both uh, Michael well, Gambon and Colin Firth are in and, that movie. Which is super weird. It was just like watching that and then seeing it. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, oh man, why? First of all, like I. Whatever. I felt like it's an interesting thing. Like, you'd see him do something like this, but then he would go off and do something like Bridges Jones' Diary or Kingsman. Well, he did Bridges Jones' Diary way yeah. before he did yeah. either one of those but, movies. But, you know, 
to see this weird dynamic. It's just like he can. I don't want to talk do... about how long ago Bridget Jones's Diary as a movie no, came out. It was like no. 2000. But it was like you can see like the adaptability of Colin Firth. Colin Firth's a great actor. I love yeah. Colin Firth. It's it's fantastic. Jeffrey Rush. What did I say? I was. Oh, we're on continuing to, on to Jeffrey. I'm moving like, on. Did I say his name wrong? Moving on. Jeffrey Rush. He's another actor who's very. He has a very wide range. Yeah, but God, he's he's great in this. Oh film. yeah. Even he like he was nominated for best yeah. supporting actor. Yeah. Um, this won four total Oscars: best picture, best actor for Colin Firth, best director, and best screenplay or yeah. best writing. Yeah, and then, like, just, you get the, the feeling from him just, like, you know, being a failed actor and whatnot and wanting him to succeed, actually, succeed, like, the whole void, you know, speech therapy type of thing is, like, the, it feels like the only thing that he's actually good at and is actually succeeding at. And yes. It, and that's an actually really important part of the, the fact mm-hmm. that, like, he's willing to help other people even though he can't get anything that he does off the ground. Uh, is very important. So, um, sorry, Gigi's being naughty. Yeah, it's just like the story and overall, just watching Colin Firth kind of struggle through stuff, even dealing with you know his brother. Yes, with Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce as his brother. I have to say his name right on the Guy podcast. Pierce. <laughs> I sometimes purposely say actors' names wrong because I think it's funny in my head. Yeah. And then I say them out loud <laughs> and incorrectly. And, and then we get to the podcast and it's just like... Guy Pierce. This not... is not like the uh, Roy Scheider yeah. incident. Yeah. If you've ever listened to our Jaws episode of the AFI podcast yeah. where Jeff and I call him Roy Schneider for the entire episode. Schneider, yeah. We corrected ourselves on the next episode. Yeah, but... Embarrassing. Um... Yes, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, especially like him playing as David. Well, David. And he, Guy Pierce has a very distinct face. His nose is especially um, <laughs> distinct looking yeah. to at least to yeah. Colin and I. And he, I, I actually forgot he was in this movie until oh, you yeah. had said, "Oh yeah, Guy Pierce is in this movie." Where? Oh yeah, yeah his brother yeah. is Guy Pierce. He's in it. Um, especially like you get that dynamic, and then you start learning about the family history of why. Birdie was, yes. um, you know, and he was not bullied. because his father was stern. He was just bullied, and he was bullied. His brother and his nanny, and his brother passing away was kind of a huge effect yeah. on him. And then his nanny was abusive. <laughs> abusive. So there was a, there was, there was multiple, no other term for what there she was, was multiple factors. Yeah, but I was like, well, I feel like his dad, like his dad, was not. He's a very authoritative. Well, figure. He's a king. Yeah. You have to be. He's a very authoritative figure. Yeah. And then it was something that, like, you know, that that Bertie said, like, during the whole thing. It was just like, oh, my grand, you know, your grandfather was very stern man. And, you know, and I'm going to be the same thing to my children. Yes. And the fact that, like, he, <laughs> and that, that intimidation factor was, you know, just probably egged on that mm-hmm. uh, stammer even more. I really love this movie. I, when we start talking about the ceremony in a little bit here, it, I, I would just like to make the statement that I do really like this movie. Mm-hmm. It's got some really touching, like small touching moments. It like, does. Like him telling the story to his... Little girls with the penguin. Yeah, stuff. even though I he's like that. stammering mm-hmm. and yeah, talking about the penguins and the corgis. And the corgis. <laughs> and the corgis. And like that's one of Colin's notes. Corgis. Corgis. Well, like there's you know there's some night like them driving to David's or yes, with the marshmallows. Yeah, with yeah. the marshmallows. Like, I'm getting plump. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just 
good movie. I, I the ending with the killer scoring choices of Beethoven's the slow movement of Beethoven's Seventh Symphony, and then ending with the slow movement mm-hmm. of Beethoven's Fifth Piano Concerto. So that'd be the second movement of the Emperor Piano Concerto. Just such good. It's just. It's such a beautiful ending to that movie. Absolutely. Um, Again, I feel the need to make my case for how much I truly do love this movie. Yeah. Because in about five minutes, you're gonna think I'm lying. Yeah. Well, like especially like that ending. Oh, it it's so well done. Like there's so much. Colin cried. He didn't really cry. I didn't really cry. (laughs) But there's like, but there's so much space between like the setup for his wartime speech and towards the end. Yeah. Like, um, you get that there's no music at that point, and there's just, this, you can feel that tension as he's walking Well, and that seventh way. movement, or seventh movement, that movement of Beethoven's seventh symphony is very, it's slow and quiet, but it's very intense. But it, it works out for the, how he starts off his speech, because they no, go... No, 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 I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that's why you know, that scoring choice love, is so good. And I love those, like, they give him a separate room, they put up quilts and everything, just to make it feel more home Mm-hmm. Homie, and they he walks into the room, and we still do that same. That's this is the other thing I loved is like we still do that that tight shot on Colin Firth's face, but it's for a more it's more for a more intimate feeling. Yeah, and you get that when yes, you, yeah, that's true. It changes from being claustrophobic to like cozy and intimate and, and an intimate feeling. Intimate. So that's like that's a pertinent thing between the beginning of the film and the beginning yes. of the film, and well, especially like just Jeffrey Rush just being in there, kind of coaching him the entire mm-hmm. time. And say, love, say it to me. Yeah, like, say, don't it, say to it, me, it to the microphone. Say, say it, it to me. me as if you're speaking to a friend. Yes, I'm tearing up they just were, like I know saying you were, that. Your eyes were getting all shiny because it's like that's such well, and a great. Well, the fact great... that they were friends for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and it's such and a good relationship between, especially the dynamic between the two. He didn't... Okay, so, small connection time or connection time, because yeah. things. So, King's Speech and The Crown, the series on Netflix. Yeah. So, just in case people weren't aware, which I'm sure you are, but I like to make this point anyway. So, Elizabeth is is our, not our, but the current Queen of England. Mm-hmm. And The Crown is about her taking over from her father when yeah. he passes away. And her father is Henry the Sixth. So you King. could watch King's Speech and then start watching The Crown. Like George. right after George. Said, I said Henry, I know. I meant said, George. I meant George. I'm sorry. Henry the Eighth. I, I am, am. I am. Yeah. Sorry. So And that's not even Yeah. Yeah, that's not just right. some other notes. Yeah, like David just kind of um he's he's not David's a beehole. He's not the voice of the people. No. Which is an interesting. That's another. He kind of just does what he wants. To yeah, do, and he kind of runs on his own path, and being a king, that's no. not what you're supposed to. It's, no, especially no. when their father passes away and he yes. breaks down because it's like I don't want the crown. Well, neither one of them really wanted the crown. Yeah. But I think like George didn't want the crown, or Bertie didn't want the crown because of, he was scared of having to speak to the people, and not mm-hmm. because he wouldn't be good at it. Yeah. Because he got them through. Yeah. World War Two. Yeah. You could also you could also watch King's Speech, then watch Dunkirk, then watch The Crown. Yes. You could watch King's Speech, then watch that new movie that's coming out with Gary Oldman playing the Winston Churchill, Darkest Hour. Then watch Dunkirk, then watch The Crown. And then watching Glo- <laughs> and then watching Glorious Bastards for a yes. complete offshoot. 
<laughs> and now for something completely different. Um, yeah, it was like mm-hmm. just looking at the, some of the other things I wrote down. Um, you made this point when, and this is just a commentary on things. Besides, um, I feel like British actors, no comment on, you know lovely actors and everything but i feel like there's only like a hundred actors colin and i have a running joke it's like britain's 20 actors because that's why i said timothy spall because literally name a movie that's got a british actor in it and he's probably in it yeah because he's Wormtail and harry potter i have to be really careful i get Wormtail and worm tongue confused yeah Wormtail is harry potter worm tongue is lord of the rings yeah i don't believe he's in the lord of the rings films but he's in the harry potter movies yeah but, and he was in Mr. Turner, and he's in uh, Sweeney Todd, yeah. and he's in, like, name a movie. Name a, you look at one of these actors, you're going to be like, name a movie. It's kind of like comedy people. Like, I guess yes. you could almost associate it with, like, us, com- the U.S. having comedy people, because it's like, there's only, like, a hundred comedy people yeah. that you it can select seems from. Like, it and seems it like, this seems is not like a true that. statement, it's just a Just not a true a statement. Funny thing um, yeah, happens. so you made this point that... that all Briti- when British people get old, they turn the same color. Yes. Because the queen, her hair and her skin and, like, her jewels and her dress all kind of were the same, like, vanilla, like, yeah. color. She's oatmeal colored. She's oatmeal colored. That's just her... That's, Dumb comment I made. That's just a word. Also, Australian beer must be amazing. <laughs> because it's like Lionel was talking as the scene like where he's kind of, I love that scene, where he's kind of like bribing Birdie. Yes. Lionel's kind of bribing Birdie to... Um, Get him to talk. Talk about stuff. It's like, oh yeah, you could put the spokes on the... Oh on yeah, the, on the model. On, on the model pen that his son was working on. And... Was, and um, one of the things is like he talked was like his father was a brewer, um, and they grew up in Australia. So it's like, oh man, like working at a brewery would probably be be amazing. Pretty sweet, and especially the Australian. Hi, can you tell we're from Wisconsin? Australian <laughs> beer. Um, Hand itches. Oh, sorry, it's, everybody. It's yeah. You can hear that. But then yeah. I was like, but then I was thinking, it was just like. <laughs> It'd be just like, I was also thinking from the son's perspective as he's like putting together models. Like, oh, the king put together my model. Oh, didn't do that great of a job. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> it's like, spokes aren't completely lined up and the paint job's not too great. Anyway, thanks. Anyway, thanks. Anyway, here's um, Wonderwall. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Just to go on to that point, like, you definitely feel for Birdie as he's opening up. Um, getting punished for being left-handed. Oh my goodness. I am left-handed. Lindsay is left-handed. And that was I'm such, like severely that left-handed. That was such a thing. Like, um, if you wrote left-handed. They was... tried to make me right-handed. Yeah. As a child in like the late 80s, early 90s. Like yeah. that's how long that went on for. It was such and a I big, get grossly offended such a when big that thing. happens. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being left-handed. Well, I don't know if it just stems from people. Your brother is also left-handed. My brother is also left-handed. Many of our uh, important important people are left-handed. So it's... it's Don't mock left-handed people. I understand it was a thing from the times, but, but man. like, Yeah, just the fact that everybody was considered like a witch or something if you were left-handed. Because it's like, oh, you're writing things with... No, they're just... Writing how... No, they're just being inventive. Innovative. Something. That too. Yeah. Both of those things. Yeah, you have to, you know, if you're left-handed, you kind of have to adjust. I do plenty of things right-handed. I can cut... This is not about me. It's going to be about me for a minute. 
I can cut with both hands, both mm -hmm. kinds of scissors. I can use right and left handed. Mm -hmm. I knit right handed. In fact, I can't knit left-handed. I do very badly at it. Yeah. I play guitar right-handed. I learned to golf right-handed. But I throw and I hit left-handed in baseball. I, uh, tennis I do left-handed. Volleyball I do left-handed. I write, obviously, I write left-handed. Yeah. Um, I can cut and I can eat with both hands. Like you yeah. can because you have yeah. to. But being, you know, the only people in my family who are left-handed are me and my grandfather. Yeah. I did have a boyfriend in high school where I was left-handed, he was left-handed, and his older brother was left-handed. Oh, jeez. So they'd stick us all on the same side <laughs> that of the seems, table. That's, that's funny. And your brother and I generally will sit next to each other. Yeah, but I eat both-handed, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Well, like, when we're in, like, yeah, weird restaurants so, and stuff. Like, not at, like, your parents' house. So, yeah, like, uh, this, yeah, this is just a great movie. Even up to the point where, like, uh, if you have... You know, a, some type of disability or something like a speech impediment or dyslexia or anything like that. Just be... You can overcome it. You're Also, you're not alone. No, you are not alone. You are they not talk about alone. Winston Churchill was tongue-tied. And I love that part of that movie because it's like, the fact that you're not alone is a strong point. Like, there are people out there that are willing to help you and willing to help you overcome any challenges of that there so keep that in mind if anybody has any difficulty with everything you can work work through it you can work through work it. to overcome it yeah so okay i feel like that was a nice discussion in the movie let's do this knockout and drag out that's going to be the discussion about the okay. 2011 oscars okay before we talk about it i'm going to read to you the audience here are your nominees for the Academy Awards for that year. There were 10 of them. It's one of the f very few years in recent history where there have been 10. When did they start allowing 10? This is the 2008-2009. Okay. But so. I believe... Okay. I'm not going to say this is the first year they allowed 10. This is the first year that, in my opinion, that almost all of these deserve to have nominations. Absolutely. Because so. the first the first year that did, did it, which I think is the next episode, I think we'll talk. We'll talk that would be the 09 movie for the 2010 Oscars. Yeah. So, 127 hours. Okay. Haven't seen it, mostly because I don't want to watch James Franco saw his arm off. Yeah. True Grit, which you've seen, I was in the room for, but in honor of my father, will only recognize I the will, original film. I will <laughs> say right I will say this. Um I've never seen the original film. But I feel oh, like we need to remedy that. But I feel like this is closer in my opinion I feel like this is closer to the book. It was. And But the original is such a classic that it's Absolutely. The but that film felt like you know, it didn't pull any punches on anything. Like they kind of stepped true to the book. And it feels like a Cohen brother. It just feels yes. like a Cohen brother. I film. do need to give it more of a shot because I do really. Because that was Coen the one brothers. thing that like Jeff Bridges said is like Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, <laughs> who's also in the movie we saw last night. Yeah, that was just, wow. And then we came home and watched some of the Big Lebowski. Yeah, which also has Julianne Moore, Moore who, is who is also, also in King's, King's Speech. King's Men. Uh, King. God. <laughs> fuck. Leave it. Fuck. In. Fuck. Fuck. Stop fuck. it. Explicit tag. I put it on oh, okay. on every episode. <laughs> Which, by the way, I love, uh, just to come, I love that whole, whole rant too. of him just swearing. Okay, True Grit. Uh, so, True Grit. Are we going to discuss every yeah. single one of these? No, we don't okay. have to. Okay. 
Social network. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to come out and say it right now. In my opinion, social networks should have won. It's okay. well-directed. Okay. It's well. It's Aaron Sorkin. Okay. It's David Fincher. Yeah. It's Trent Reznor. Okay. It's The Fighter, the which fighter. would have been my second choice yeah. for winning. And mm-hmm. did win for um, actoring. Yeah. Actoring. <laughs> Christian actoring. Bale won. Best Supporting. Melissa Leo won. Yeah. Did Amy Adams win for this? She, she was, was nominated. nominated, but she did not win. Winter's Bone. Yeah. Starring a teensy-weensy Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Inception, which, well, is probably in my top five desert island films, probably not an Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Black Swan, which I saw in these, I do not like Darren Afronsky movies. Yeah. Don't like it. Did not see Black Swan by choice. We saw it on a family vacation to Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are all right, which I didn't see, but I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Toy Story 3, which we saw and cried. And yeah. I, I don't love Toy Story 3. I, I, it hurts no, me too I, much. I love too Toy Story 3, but I don't feel like it's... And lastly... Sorry, and you don't feel... I don't feel like it's best picture worthy. No, I don't think it was either. Best animated film, yes. Yes. Best picture? Best that seems picture, odd. no. Like, they didn't want an odd number, yeah. so they just kind of threw that in yeah. there. And lastly, The King's Speech, which is our winner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean... I remember, I also really enjoyed this year because, like, they did the preview for all the Oscars that were nominated that year. And they just did kind of, like, a nice mashup of everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, you look at all these movies, it's like, this is a great Well, year. I would like to point out just some little personal trivia for mm-hmm. the listeners about us. The 2010 is the year we started dating. So mm-hmm. these movies all came out in 2010 yeah. and were the Oscars for 2011. I remember that we almost, and very seriously considered because a lot of the bigger theaters like the AMC and stuff do, they started, they do screenings over the weekend. And I think actually for this one, they just did a 24 hour thing where they showed all 10 of them mm-hmm. in a row. And, yeah, We've never I've, done it. We talk about I've, it every year. And we I've never known do it. friends that have done it. My mom did for Lord of the Rings. Uh, but the, I feel like that's a different thing. Yeah. And then she's you're saw watching movies. The yeah. Night. You're watching all the movies, all the, you know, some of your favorite movies done in it a for row. Star Wars, yeah. yeah, you've done it for Star Wars or any other franchise films. Yeah, I get it. But this is like, you're dealing with very different emotions. On f- I will say. To your emotions point, yeah. that is a very wide range of genre. Yeah. Like, we've got a Western, the fighter's drama, 127 yeah. Hours is, like, thrillery drama. Yeah. Black Swan's, like, thriller, almost borderline horror. You've got Toy Story 3. It's animated. Is, King's Speech know. has its moments of levity. Social Network does, too. In some spots. Yeah, but that's really just it's a kind drama. of a hard drama. It's not. I, I find Social Network hard to classify because to me, as a member of the generation that was affected by what happened in that movie, mm-hmm. it, that's a very much a historical that deserved as much attention mm-hmm. as like King's Speech got. I mean, we had had Facebook for... Five, only for five years at that yeah. point and it's not it wasn't even as pervasive as even is now where it's yeah. most people in the world have it like it's yeah. a huge huge thing of life and it was developed by this semi-slacker kid at harvard who essentially stole it from someone it 
I read the book that's yeah. based on two accidental billionaires, and it's it's. I'm gonna say something. Mm-hmm. This year, the 2010 into 11 nominees. Those movies are still movies we think of and talk about to this day. Yeah. They're seven years old now, mm-hmm. this year. And we still watch... I mean, granted, we're Christopher Nolan geeks, but, like, we watch <sighs> Inception. Yeah, I still I watch own Inception. I watch The Fighter. Like, the, that's the thing about Inception. Is like, the more... It's a good film, but the more and more... As I've had more and more distance from it, the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking that it... It's, it's despite it being a good film, I don't think it was Oscar. No, I don't think it was either. Granted, I've never seen Winter's Bone, but I think it also kind of helped kick off Jennifer Lawrence's career. So, oh, Mark, that is important. Yeah. You know, 127 Hours is an important, like, bio thing for that guy. And. Yeah. True well, Grant, which is just, interesting because it's a remake of a classic film. It and, also just showed how much James Franco did does because that that was around the time that he was also going to school and didn't he host this NYU. was the year that he hosted the oscars too. him and and hathaway hosted one of the best years for best nominated or like you know best yeah. pictures it oh so sorry earthquake it was the worst hosting i have ever seen mm-hmm. and they tried they did that on purpose to have those two hosts because you know they're gonna pull in the I don't think millennial was a term yet then. Yeah. But they're going to pull in the younger, you know, the 18 younger, to 35 or 34 chain, yeah. you know, age bracket. The, yeah. And it was painful to watch. I, I, think I remember staying up and watching. I don't like, remember. Oh, like, I, I think I had to work or something. You like did. Halfway. Th- so I didn't get you to see the full like thing. But I did get to see the last part, which yeah, to me, which to me is like the most important part. Oh, I hate um, watching the Oscars sometimes. Oh God! Why? And they yeah. And, just what? And they haven't done it since. Ellen was the best host in the last decade. I'm, I'm just gonna put that. out I'm there. gonna put that out there as well because like no, she's like she made it fun. She made it fun for the audience and and while you know, I appreciate and celebrities and yeah, stuff. well I appreciate what Jimmy Kimmel is doing for healthcare in our country. I really don't care for him as a comedian. Yeah, I or felt a host of like. Anything. And then he's going to come back and do him this year, too. I know, because I felt like this year when he did it, he was trying to emulate what? He was trying to, he was trying to like, capture the whole Ellen thing. Too, yeah, right? and it wasn't, it wasn't working. No. I was just like, I'm sorry, I'll never host again. Why are you hosting again? Yeah, well, I asked, so. Yeah, I didn't know. So... <sighs> Um, like, I felt like I was going to get more riled up about this, but I feel like watching King's Speech... Watching it again... I don't do- think it didn't okay. deserve let's, it. Let's ask, yeah, okay. let's ask that question. Does it deserve Best Picture? Yes. Okay. But did many other pictures on that list also deserve Best Picture? Yes. yes. No, I'll, I will say, like, okay, now that I've had some distance from Social Network, and I yeah. think about that, it is a good film. And it, like you said, it was a very important film, especially for our generation right. now, showing, like, this is a birth, this is the birth of social media. Right. And how we actually now communicate How we with communicate. People. Case in point. Yes. Um, <laughs> this shows how old I am. My 10-year high school reunion was yesterday, actually. So, um, but the fact that 
Um, not only was it, you know, my high school reunion, but it was my town's combined high school reunion. And there's like five high schools. In there's there. like seven high schools that were actually uh, joined all together in this. And I ended up not going just because, well, one, uh, case in point, like what Lindsay has told me is that like in this day and age with Facebook and social media, there's no point of doing a classroom. Everyone who I want to keep in contact with or have any way interested in their life from high school, I'm friends with on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, like granted, there are some people like I know, like some people are living in Atlanta or, you know not living in the state anymore. It would be nice to see these people again. But I would but rather... But you still know what's going on in their lives regardless yeah. whether you see them in person yeah. or not. Yeah, and I'm just like... And if I ever wanted to do something, I would arrange something. Okay. I wouldn't need to set a specific day to do it. Um, and so, like, as soon as social media came in, this kind of changed the whole dynamic of how we interact with people and how we communicate and... That, I think, is just a super important thing, despite where it kind of came from. Because really, it was set up as an algorithm to bully people. It was. In the beginning. It, we noticed that in the beginning of the film Social Network. So, like, yeah. from where it came and from to what it is now, actually... If, if, if I had to pick two films... Mm-hmm. That could, like, share the Best Picture Oscar... Yeah. It would be King's Speech and The Social Network. Mm-hmm. The Fighter is really good. Mm-hmm. But the Dave Rodeau Russell movies that came after that, I don't love Silver Linings Play. I own it and it's okay, but I don't love Silver Linings Playbook. I think the Silver Linings, I will say this. I, do I love think, American Hustle. I think Silver Linings Playbook is important because it's, it, it and highlights I, mental I, health issues. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a case study for men, people who have mental illnesses and mental health. Um, but I don't. I don't and think granted, this is we're past Silver Linings Playbook at this point. I don't think that's really Oscar worthy. Discussion wise, um, yeah. But she wanted the fighter is a great up. movie. It also highlights you know drug abuse and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or the issues that come with that, and that's also a true. Mm-hmm. There's lots of biographical things. In, look at it. So 127 hours based on stuff that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Social Network based on stuff that actually happened. So uh, the fighter based on stuff that actually yeah. happened. King Speech. King Speech based on stuff that actually happened. Yeah. I don't know what Winter's Bone Toy Story about. based <laughs> on stuff that actually happened. No! Toy Story breaks it my heart It happened in my heart, in, in my own headcanon. In your heart. Um, so, I, but the more I think about it, the more I feel like... Hold on, I'm looking up honest, what Winter's Bone is about. Honestly, I feel like I would go lean more towards King Speech. Can can I argue with you that despite what we said about how the cinematog- how nice the cinematography is in this movie, yeah. David Fincher deserved Best Director for Social Network? Absolutely. Okay, I will definitely say that because it's like the cinematography in Social Network is pretty oh incredible. My. Just a little fact in case you did maybe know this. Um, there's a scene where Jesse Eisenberg is walking through the quad and... They knew that when they filmed it, they were going to have to mirror it. And so they literally took the gap off the sweatshirt and flipped it over. So it was the wrong way when they filmed it. Because when they flipped it for editing, it would be the right way. Oh my god. Also, I hate when they do CGI um, uh, 
fake... Um, Winklevoss twins? No, when it gets cold out, yeah. uh, you, you can usually see your breath. Most of the... the uh, the exhale... I don't know what that's called. <laughs> but when you exhale... When you see your breath in the When you see your breath, that was CGI in some of the scenes. Yeah, but they do that in every movie. Yeah, but it was super noticeable in that movie. Interesting point. Me. I'm going to bring up an interesting point. Yeah. King's Speech, because we used to do the Metascore thing on AFI, yeah. and we don't do it so much on here, because it's not as big of a deal. That was more because of Especially the Especially like, as we get further down in these movies, a lot of these don't have Metascores, So, the Metascore for the King's Speech, that's, that's a composite score of all the critical reviews of the film. Mm-hmm. It's only an 88. Social Network has a 95. Okay. But user reviews, Social Network is a 7.7, King's Speech is an 8. So it's interesting to see critical versus public reception. And I personally feel that's something you need to pay attention to and the Academy does not do. Mm-hmm. Because like you'll go on Rotten Tomatoes to look up, hey, did this movie do well, very well? And, and I, you'll see a critical... I don't feel like this has been a recent development yes, type of the thing. The critic scores on a film like, you know, that... Yes, it's not going to be an Oscar Best Picture nominee, and you're probably going to forget about it in two years, but it's a good just movie, like mm-hmm. enjoyable film, has like, you know, a 68% Rotten Tomato score from the critics, but the audience gives it a 97. Yeah. Then you go see something that's maybe a little cerebral, something not a lot of people are going to go see. It's got like a 98 from critics, and then like a 52 from the audience. I was going to say so like a 67 or something. It's interesting to see yeah. those. Scores. Well, I also just like I also love that like Rotten Tomatoes. That's a qualifier if a movie's good it or not. It is. You noticed that yeah. recently. That's, they do that it, in trailers. That's a super. That's a super thing. Thing it's like now that's I guess I guess with our how we're again social media and how that integrates everything into I'm our lives. All this from the other side of the room. Why social network should have one best picture. <laughs> It's just this idea that... We'll never get over this. That, like, oh, this, you know, as we look at social media, not a lot of people have either are on the go or something and not have a lot of time, and they have to look at a certain qualifier for this. We have talked about the social network almost as long as we talked about the King's Speech. I'm not arguing. (laughs) I know you're not arguing. Especially, like... You did argue with me. Well, until I found... When it first happened, yeah. Yeah, when it first happened, but it's like, until I found out, like, who was... Doing, you know, who was directing and writing and everything at in social network. I'm like, okay, now we I saw actually social network together. we did, but it was like, but I didn't know who directed, wrote, produced. I didn't know that until much later. Until after the ceremony, yeah. yeah. Till much later, I was like, oh. And I've liked David Fincher for a long time. That's kind of like a, yeah. the '90s, yeah. so. I mean, I like Don Ed's Nails. I mean, like, <laughs> Trent Reznor's a pretty good guy. That's a really good, good score. I actually listened to it is score, actually like, really, in real his, life. His scoring is actually that, really well done. It's, it, this is why if I'm, you want to talk about tension, like, yes. that, that's This is why I'm going to make thing. the argument, because let's look at other David Fincher films that have come out recently. Yeah. People don't love The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I liked The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the Daniel Craig and one, you know, the American I'm, version. I'm sorry, but I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No. Okay. We may need to remedy that. And um, Gone Girl. Gone Girl is a great, great movie. Film. It's a great David Fincher lots, does lots of those movies, movie. though. It's like, okay, I don't need to see that again for but, a while. But Seven. Here's the other thing that I've always always enjoyed about, and especially you notice in the cinematography. There's no... He takes all the natural lighting of things. Yes. 
His films are beautiful. And that's what I enjoy because I hate... The one thing that I hate is just like they either put lights in certain spots or they stage it in certain ways where it looks like, it's like, oh, this is sort of natural lighting. But it's like, no, that's a sound... You guys are on a sound yeah. stage or... Or no, you amplified the, the the cue and saturation right. on this, and it looks weird. Which King's Speech didn't do. No, well, a little. Well, there's also CGI blends, so that makes me nuts. Zeppelins. Yeah, but that doesn't. It's like you had to. You can't. There's no want Zeppelins, Zeppelins anymore. But it's like no, there there is a little bit. Of you know, there is a little bit of color correction in this, but that and doesn't. I believe bo- Social Network that did win for best cinematography. Yeah, but it's like, okay, but it doesn't bother me though. It didn't really bother me, and it also kind of felt like the colors of that time. It did, and I I agree, I agree. Yeah. So. so yes, I thought I was going to be more yelling and angry about this, but I do feel that King's Speech did not not deserve it, but I still feel Social Network should have won. Okay. I'm not seven years out, six, seven years out. I'm not angry anymore about it, but I still think they're wrong. Okay. Um, but I am going to bring up. This. Also, Justin Timberlake. I am going to. Uh, yes, Justin Timberlake is amazing. We all know he's so. Okay, sorry. Great. Social Network won for best adapted screenplay, film editing, and scoring. Okay. Alexandra Desplat. Yes. Was King's Speech. That was also, that's also a running joke. If you haven't noticed on that podcast, this has been a running joke that Alexander Desplat is probably one. He's a really great composer, but lately he's just... He's been kind of the go-to for the Academy as far as, as, far as music goes. To the point where I'm pretty sure... I think we talked about this in one of the, one of the episodes, but yeah, he was nominated twice for music and... Yeah. Yeah. In the it same was, year. Oh, it, sorry. Siri. Sorry. I think this is. Okay, I'm gonna say this. Um, I think uh, when we think about the best picture for movies, we want to think about the things that stick with you the most. And I have a really hard time trying to distance myself from films that I really loved versus what actually deserved to win. But is this it's, is not the case of Social Network? Yeah. I'm not I the only feel, person with that opinion. I feel like the more I think about these films, the more and more I think about King's Speech. And I noticed that the last time I watched it. Because it's a, because of its importance to it, but also it's just it's one of those moments in history like you really get that feeling like this is a thing that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, you know, it's technically a period piece, it's still going to stick with me. And that's why I still go f- for King's Beach. Fair enough. Social Network might be great, but with technology, that film will eventually age. But I still make the argument that without it, we would not I understand. Have, right? I understand its importance, I but eventually it's, be, it's one of those things where... It's going to age, but it's still going to be... You can look back on, like... War films that, yeah, it aged. And I'm not saying that... But it's like, but this is the difference between almost a modern take on something and a period piece. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that social network, even though, yes, because technology will advance, it even has now, like, mm-hmm. the version of Facebook we see in the film, like, has not been the version of Facebook we've seen in mm-hmm. 
almost a decade, it yeah. feels like. Um, I think it'll still be important because it was such a big deal. This is a discussion point I want to hold off to until we get to Midnight Cowboy. Okay. Okay. So we got to wrap up because we have we gotta wrap this to up. go do. So anyway, Lindsay, so what week, is the next? Next week will be a 2009 film for the Best Picture winners of 2010. And that film is Hurt Locker. Yes. Sorry, The Hurt Locker. Which I... I've, I've never seen in Colin Hass. I have, which is also a very important year. And it's, and it's kind of a topical issue that... There's a that, bunch of movies I did not see. Yeah. I was well, this is a very topical issue that I would love to get into more discussion of. Which we will. Next. Next week. Yes. We'll, we'll next read, time. I'll read all the nominees and it's, we'll talk about it's it. It's going to be an interesting... It really that, is. That one's going to be an interesting uh-huh. one. So I'm... Really excited to see that. So, so we, as always, oh Thomas, we thank you for your thank you for your interaction um, with us. If we didn't have, to. we're gonna try to do a little bit more interactions with stuff. Yes, I don't know. I forgot to read it, but we have to wrap up. Um, I'll talk, we'll do talk about it next week. Uh, Thomas next, is like no, I, I read a little bit of talking about social network. Yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. But yeah, thank you, thank you. All right, everybody, All right. enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll see you on the next episode. Keep it real with Oscar. <laughs> what did I decide? My oh my. Say goodbye, Jeech. Say bye, Jeech. Hold on, let me get her. Say goodbye, Jeech. Come on, Jeech. You say bye. Yeah. yeah. Say goodbye. Oh. oh. Say goodbye, Jeech. Say bye, Jeech. Okay. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>